0: Coming up on Stu Does America, you're going to notice a theme on tonight's show. We are going to be paying our respects to uh, the titan of the radio industry, Rush Limbaugh. I'll sit down with Glenn Beck and Faith Wires Dan Andros to hear about how they were ind- individually impacted by Rush's career. Don't forget, you can watch this show completely free. Just head to StuDoesAmerica.com to find out how. The airwaves and the world are a lot emptier today. Let's do the life of Rush Limbaugh.
1: Stu Does America.
0: Welcome to Texas. Toward the end of the snowpocalypse, at least we hope so. I don't know, maybe it's never ending. I have plenty of things to complain about uh, when as it goes to the situation down here, and we'll get into that in the coming days. Uh, but yesterday we had the end of an era. Uh, if you tuned into the Rush Limbaugh show yesterday at noon, like so many in this audience do, this is what it sounded like.
1: Rush in your thoughts and prayers. Ladies and gentlemen, Catherine Limbaugh. Hello, everyone. I know that I am most certainly not the Limbaugh that you tuned in to listen to today. I, like you, very much wish Rush was behind this golden microphone right now, welcoming you to another exceptional three hours of broadcasting. For over 32 years, Rush has cherished you, his loyal audience, and always look forward to every single show. It is with profound sadness I must share with you directly that our beloved Rush, my wonderful husband, passed away this morning due to complications from lung cancer.
0: Uh. It's a tough one to to hear. And, and you know, we all knew this was kind of coming at some point. But, man, tough to deal with. It's hard to overstate how important Rush Limbaugh was to the conservative movement. Uh, I will say even for my my own uh, personal development as a conservative, as a you know, kid getting out of high school, wasn't really into politics. I remember being in Fort Lauderdale is where I was living at the time and uh, and being at the beach because I had no money to go anywhere and listening to my Walkman. And listening to Rush, I mean, I wanted to kind of get into radio, initially thinking more less sports and maybe comedy and all the stuff that, you know, you think about. And, and it wasn't really a political guy. And then I remember hearing Rush go through these arguments. I can't even remember the topic at this point. And he'd bring up these liberal arguments or callers would bring up these liberal arguments. And he always had the right answer. I mean, I, I found it completely amazing. He answer for everything. And it was kind of one of those moments where it's like the show Law and Order, where, you know, the prosecution lays out their case and you see it feels like, oh, this guy's definitely guilty. And then the defense does their case and you're like, oh, this guy's definitely innocent. Uh, it was like that. It was like they, they would make he would make a point And it wasn't like a, a you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, bad framing of the point from the left. But he was always able to sort of defeat it. And I remember thinking, like, this is common sense. This makes sense. You know. Later on, I was I was you know doing my my last job before radio uh, and broadcasting started. And I was you know, delivering. You know, I was scheduling deliveries for, for you know office furniture. Um, and I had to go get a drug test because obviously you can't be on drugs while scheduling office furniture deliveries. And uh, there was I was reading in the waiting room a magazine. It was a cover. I can't remember what it was. Time or Newsweek, one of the big ones. And it said, basically, the Rush era is over. Rush's career is over. What can we learn from the collapse of Rush Limbaugh? 25 years later, the guy was still number one. Still. Until his last days on Earth, he was still number one. As we were forming the Glenn Beck program, we did one of our first shows nationally at the EIB studios behind the golden uh, microphone as we were getting the show together. And I remember years later when we were doing the show on WFLA out at, out to lunch which you know seemed like I mean if you look at me you kind of think I'm at lunch all the time but I was eating something. And I remember listening to Rush Limbaugh and thinking this I mean he's over exaggerating here as as he discussed, you know, the left says all they want is clean air and clean water. Well, wait, they're going to try to ban SUVs. They're going to try to ban the combustion engine. And I remember thinking to myself, what are you talking about? Nobody was talking about that at the time. And now we've seen thousands of Democrats. I mean, gosh, this is like a fever dream from AOC back before AOC was even a teenager. There would not be an AM band without Rush Limbaugh anymore. He saved it. There wouldn't be talk radio without Rush Limbaugh. He built it. And before Rush, remember, Republicans hadn't been competitive in Congress in a generation. Republicans complain about losing all the time. We're all guilty of that at some point. But, I mean, I don't think Republicans really realized what it was like before Rush. There was no chance, no social media. There was no way to break through the mainstream media blockade until Rush Limbaugh. We all owe him a tremendous debt of gratitude. Rush Limbaugh, a broadcasting legend and to annoy the left for all of eternity, winner of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. So why exactly are we choosing to give big tech companies all of our personal data? Now's the time to take a stance. You know, take a stand for your own data, your own personal stuff. Protect it with a VPN that I trust for my online protection, ExpressVPN. When I use ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through their secure encrypted server so that, you know, companies don't see all my data. I can do what I want to do on the Internet without, like, you know, creepy, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg looking at me all the time. Uh, the best part about this is you don't need to be tech-savvy at all to use ExpressVPN. Just download the app on your phone or your computer, tap one button, and we're protected. You know, we complain about uh, big tech all the time. A lot of times we think, oh, we should go to the government for this. We should also do stuff that we can, you know, I don't know, do on our own. ExpressVPN is the way to defend your rights and protect your data. Do it. ExpressVPN.com slash stew. dot com slash stew. To get three extra months free, go to ExpressVPN.com slash stew right now to learn more. Live from the frozen tundra of Dallas, Texas, it's the one and only Glenn Beck. <laughs> Glenn, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. This is now you, you are from the, the Pacific Northwest. You, you know You go to Idaho all the time. This is like normal for you, right? No. no, Pacific Northwest is very mild.
1: Well, not Idaho. Not Idaho. No. No, Idaho is y- cold, yeah. but that's why I visit in the summer. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been a rough, rough couple of
0: weeks. Um, now, I, I don't know if you have a position on this, but do you
1: think if Ted Cruz didn't go to Cancun, we would have been saved? Oh, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think he left. I bet the phone was ringing. Yeah at his home the whole time they were just like we have to talk to the senator before we can fix this pipe right even you know? though he doesn't have any no legal he has nothing authority. to do with it and uh but that's what you know somebody like Lester Holt might might <laughs> teach us soon
0: I'm sure I'm yeah. sure it's going to be a big story yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot less focus on Andrew Cuomo a lot more focus on Ted Cruz I think that's
1: the pattern we're going to be hearing I think pretty that's soon. really important yeah justified yeah you yeah. know he oh, went totally. to Cancun. Where Cuomo, what did he do? Just kill people. Just kill a bunch of people. Right. That one's a big deal. <laughs> um,
0: on this wonderful, uh, uh, positive um, uh, note, uh, Rush Limbaugh passes away uh, yesterday. Uh, we just talked about it. Uh, Don't yeah. you hope you go out like he went out?
1: Such class.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, people, Such class. it's tough because like all you see online and, and every, from the media is hatred for the guy. But I think, I don't think people understand, separate from even the politics of the matter, like what a legendary broadcaster the guy was.
1: No, he changed everything. I mean, we did three hours, two and a half hours today, yeah. a tribute to just our memories and just what we learned from Rush Limbaugh. Um, I don't think I've ever done that. Maybe, maybe Ronald Reagan, and you were with me when Reagan died. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we did a full day of Reagan. Really um, rare if, it, if it's happened at all. Very rare mm-hmm. if it has. Um, but... Um, uh, he is, first of all, completely miscast and misunderstood, um, and we expect that. All of the people who are trashing him, I could, I could guarantee you that I could take five random celebrities that were tweeting horrible things, mm-hmm. bet Medler, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. and if I could strap them to a lie detector test, I would bet my house none of them had actually ever listened To one broadcast, full broadcast (laughs) Mm -hmm. of of him, they they would just listen to the hacked up pieces taken out of comedy, taken out of context uh, or something that he would later apologize for and say, yeah, I was stupid for saying that.
0: Yeah. And there's no there's not there's not even an attempt to put it in a perspective. I've noticed. I mean, no, the best they'll say is he was very influential in making the Republican Party really bad. Like that yeah, is I that's mean, about the best. Literature. I saw
1: one that said that he was um, he's the reason one of the reasons because now that he's dead you can't say he was the only reason. Right. Um, but he was one of the very important um, reasons why white supremacy and white suprem- uh, suprem- uh, supremist supremacists supremacists supremacist, white supremacists uh, terrorist. Okay, white, white white bad white people. Yeah, bad white uh-huh. people yeah. that want to blow up the capital yeah um, that's why he's a better broadcaster than either one of us, um, but they said he was he was instrumental in that that he, this white supremacy movement and this this white extremism that he w- no he wasn't no he wasn't I mean it, it, all you have to do is take the time and listen, yeah. You know, but they don't. And they don't. They're not interested in honesty. Interesting. I was thinking back about uh, his
0: career, and you know, obviously, like our career overlapped with him. He was obviously a huge star when we first started in talk radio. He and strangely,
1: doing, uh, still a huge star.
0: He's still a huge star, <laughs> right? I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. His career is amazing. Um, but I remember going into it early when you know our sort of approach to talk radio was. Entertainment and enlightenment. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were I remember one of the criticisms of Rush when we started was that he used to be so funny. He used to be funny. He used to do all the fun songs and the fun bits and all that. And then he stopped. Can't relate to that at all. And it's so fascinating, I thought, because I remember at the time thinking there was something to that like this, you know, like he once he got famous and he got too serious or something, you mm-hmm. realize that like he understood, I think not only the dangers and how people would come after you, no matter what you did, every time you made a joke, it could end your career. And also like the importance of that platform as it gets larger, there's a responsibility
1: to it. And a responsibility not to lose it. Um, uh, you know, we, we went through that. We, we yeah. I mean, the shows that we used to do <laughs> were hysterical. Yeah, hysterical. Mm-hmm. And the shows that we could still do would be hysterical. <laughs> yeah. but. We don't do it anymore. And I've noticed this with, with Steven Crowder too lately. He's really, really funny. yeah, But he's also taken on a little more seriousness to him. Um, and I hope that he doesn't feel it's necessary like Rush did or we did um, to uh, wash yourself clean of that. Cause that comedy almost killed us because they will give anyone a pass on comedy unless you're a conservative, mm-hmm. then you meant it. Or it was, it, you, you were saying that kind of winking, going, yep, mm-hmm. see, I'm a member of the clan too. Yeah, right. um, and nothing could be further from the truth. And it's, they do it intentionally because if you can make people laugh, it's the quickest way to disarm them and have them start to listen and go, well, no, wait a minute, he's not so bad. Yeah. I may not agree with him, but he's not a
0: monster. Yeah, because there's all these moments where people will take rush out of context and say, "Here's a really inflammatory sort of statement that mm-hmm. he has made at one point or another." But like in a way that's sort of your job as a as a as a talk show host, not inflammatory, but like a, w- a attention getter, right? Like you you are trying to grab everybody in with maybe a, a bold statement or a funny line or something that gets
1: people in so that they understand the depth Do of it. Do I have had The same basic boilerplate contract from the same company, maybe a different division or whatever, but same company, since 1990, we made the first real change to my contract eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And that is in the clause of uh, moral turpitude or uh, I can't remember what it is, but to bring disgrace upon the company. Right, right. I never worried about that because I don't, you know. We changed the language in it to say the company understands (laughs) that controversy is part of the talk radio genre and that controversy, as has happened many times (laughs) in this, you know, in previous contracts, is not a case for termination because. These companies can just say they're they're getting so weaselly. They're getting so afraid, uh, and the and some are actually starting to put uh, real lefties on their boards hoping that that will appease. That's not going to appease. No, it's going to it's make it worse. It's not going to appease. It's going to make it worse. You talked uh, today
0: on radio, and I think if people want to go back and listen to, like we did two and a half hours on this today, with some really great good. personal stories from Glenn. It was, it was really interesting stuff. If, if you care as much about Rush as we do and about talk radio as we do, it's a great listen to go back and listen to the podcast. Um, you talked about Rush's, uh, his self-perceived failure. Which Which I thought was interesting. I hadn't heard this before. Why why did he think he failed?
1: He said this on his last show of the year, last year. So just a few weeks ago. And he said, um, uh, he said, in many ways, I feel I have been a deep and profound failure at my job. Um, And I think all of us who care um that carry the as you said when you have a show that big he reaches 27 million people Mm. a week we're at 14 or 15 million a week that's an enormous responsibility especially in tough times and he said i've been doing this for 30 years and i don't think i've made an impact I, I uh, more people. I, I've have had the opportunity to talk for thirty years, trying to get people to think critically, and it seems to keep going in the wrong direction. Um, mm. And uh, you know, I I feel that way. I'll bet you Ben Shapiro will feel that way in ten years. Yeah. Because um, there's know. moments, and
0: in, and in, 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 in we've had these moments where it almost feels like you're gonna win this battle. Like it feels like you're going to be able to convince the American people, you know, that self-reliance is really important, and uh, that you're responsible for your own actions, or whatever some part of this ongoing argument uh, from the beginning of time, I suppose, uh, exists. And and I, you know, like in 2010 and 2011, I remember being out there, and you know, everyone was talking about every show that we did, um, and it felt like okay, maybe we're about to push with the Tea Party, about to
1: push over and change something. We did.
0: Yeah, I guess is it we just did. that
1: we don't recognize it, or is it fleeting? How does this um, I think that it's a couple of things. We think that we won, and then we don't stake that territory and hmm. stand guard at that territory. Um, and too many people feel discouraged. I mean, think of the if you were to truly discourage the American people through an organized campaign. Let me put it this way: if you had the checkbook and you had the ability to write checks to do what the media and Hollywood and Washington and all of their arms have done to us in the last 20 years and discourage us and tell us we're nothing, tell us that the individual doesn't matter, indoctrinate our kids. Can you imagine how much money it would cost? Mm. Um, So there is an ongoing, never-ending self-fulfilling movement that is trying to say, no, everything you thought was true is wrong. Everything you think is true is about your country or anything that you love is wrong. Anything you think you own or think belonged to you, even including your children, you're wrong. That's a hard battle. There's no, I mean, I know Americans feel the same way that you feel and I feel. And that is there are times it, there are times you sit down and you're dealing with something at the house. Um, you know, your children are, you know, all of a sudden failing in school or something is going on. And you're like, good heavens, I can't take anymore. I can't take anymore. And I think, I think that's why we lose, because they overwhelm us. And there's not enough time to say, you just won that. Yeah. Put that trophy. And and the reason why I feel this is I felt like the the Tea Party was not accomplishing what it needed to accomplish, that we failed until I read the words of Barack Obama in his own book, in his own literature, to his own people. He said we were a very disruptive force that stopped him from doing an awful lot. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I went. We won. We actually won. Mm. So
0: now we live in a sort of conservative ecosphere with a Rush Limbaugh-sized hole uh, in it. How, what does that mean? And how, I mean, you know, look, we, we love Premier. They're going to put on, I'm sure, a really good show, uh, you know, to, to in that, that time slot. But you can't replace Rush Limbaugh. Mm. Where do we go from here?
1: I don't know. I think we're much more vulnerable. Um, for one reason, um, Clear Channel, the parent company of Premiere, has just lost about 70 million dollars in revenue. Mm. So, you know, I lose a third of my revenue. Do I still want to be in this business? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because who's going to come up and replace that? Um, podcasting is starting to really eat into it. I I think it. We're very vulnerable. Talk radio is very vulnerable. Um, not only do the, does the company now lose $70 million of revenue every single year, and so their interest level is a little lower because they don't see necessarily a future, um, but also the people who are coming after us. You don't have to take Rush Limbaugh out. You had to take Rush out. You, if you could take Rush out, you could take Hannity. You could take Levin. You could take Beck. But Rush was the reason that stations stayed true. Rush was the the guy who, if you had Rush on the air, you were pretty much guaranteed success as a radio station. You put Glenn Beck and Sean Hannity on, eh, good luck. But if you're on the station against Rush, hmm, it's tough. It's tough. You know what I mean? Now that that's gone, stations are vulnerable. Advertisers are vulnerable. The corporate parent is vulnerable. The format. The format is vulnerable. Mm. He invented the format. She well, that's not exactly, I was hoping for a little more brightness. I
0: don't know why well, I brought you me, on. Okay,
1: so that, you're <laughs> coming to me for that? You're an idiot. Um, let me just say this. Walt Disney died in 1965, 66. It wasn't until maybe 2005 that Disney really was no longer what Walt Disney had dreamt of. Mm -hmm. Now it's an abomination. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there could be a very long, a very long future. um, And, uh, and who knows? I just don't know who can fill his shoes.
0: Well, I mean, I know he would, I'm sure he would argue that the ideas are the most powerful thing. And if... We can figure out a way to carry those on, and that's
1: what's most well, important. I just also have to look at it in an optimistic way. We were the third most listened to show in America. We're now the second. <laughs> one more guy, and we're number one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Glenn Beck, thanks so much Thank for you. coming in. Don't forget to support Glenn and all of us here are the second most listened to show in all of America. And of course, the Blaze the Blaze TV subscription. Head to TV.com slash stu. Enter the promo code stu. Uh, as you kind of know, um, you note there, we have um, a situation where the conservative media is really up for grabs, and and who knows what's going to happen to it. We need strong walls around what we have. Uh, The Blaze is a great place for that, and I know a lot of the uh, personalities that are here uh, feel that, and we feel your support every single day. It's blazetv.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu. Glenn, thanks again. Thank you. Back in a second. Well, after ignoring uh, Andrew Cuomo's year long murder spree, the journalists out there have finally found a story they can sink their teeth into. That's right. Ted Cruz went on a vacation. Yes, Ted Cruz went to Cancun with his family while Texans suffered, like me. You know, I've got a burst pipe in my house. You know what I was thinking? Why isn't Ted Cruz here to fix it? I don't know. I guess he's off in Cancun with his family, spending the money he earned or his wife earned, probably unbelievable. That bastard. Look, I mean, I think we all recognize that the optics of this are not wonderful. Okay, Ted Cruz leaves the state. It's in the middle of a national uh, state wide emergency order. Uh, You know, it sucks here. I don't know what Ted Cruz would do about it if he were here, other than have maybe a photo op and blab about it on television. Not sure that would be helpful. I'm actually at the point where I think all politicians should go to Cancun and stay in Cancun. Fine with that. Uh, But I guess this is supposed to be a big deal. We're supposed to be really worked up about this one. I don't think it is. I mean, here's the thing. When you go to work every day and you show up every day and listen to that annoying boss that you have and you and you and you, you take the paycheck and you know what? You don't spend it every single time. You put a little bit of away way of, of it away. You know why you do things like that? Here's here's one use for that uh, to remove your family from a dangerous situation. And in fact, I would 100 percent take my kids to Cancun, and get them the hell out of this uh, hell hole, which exists right now with absolutely uh, no water and freezing cold temperatures. You try to avoid these things. This is what you do. Now, politicians have other concerns, right? Politicians know they have to play to the audience. Uh, by the way, uh, they are now saying <laughs> Cruz's first excuse was, oh, I was always oh, flying back today. They're now saying maybe he wasn't flying back today and that he booked, uh, he was supposed to say until Saturday. All of this is going to be a distraction, but one that you'll be hearing a hell of a lot about. Back in a second. Research, research has shown that uh, the average EMS response time is 37 minutes, about the amount of time they come to turn your water off when it's pouring into your house. In an emergency, time is critical. It's true. I've learned that lesson very recently. That's why I recommend uh, every American have a Bear first aid kit from Refuge Medical. The first aid kit from Bear uh, is, well, it's, it's just cool. It's guaranteed for life, exceeds military specification for individual first aid kits, and it's also used by military personnel in 14 countries. You can check out Refuge's uh, first aid training uh, dates at Refugemedical.com. They've got all sorts of cool stuff going on there. And if you go to Refugemedical.com, get the 15% off all their first aid kits with the promo code STU. This is all top of the line stuff. Really, really cool. Be sure to use that promo code, Stu, because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Get your discounts, get the cool stuff. If we've learned one lesson this year, it is to be prepared for anything. And it's only February. RefugeMedical.com. RefugeMedical.com. The promo code is Stu. I'm joined once again by the managing editor of Faithwire.com, my friend Dan Andros. Uh, Dan, it is cold up here. What is it like in the tropical paradise of Pennsylvania?
2: Oh, it's great. We're in the middle of another snow blast. We've had about a foot of snow on the ground now for the better part of two or three weeks. And uh, it's snowing again, so I spent my afternoon here uh, being super productive and snow plowing. Mm. So it's been fun.
0: See, that's why I moved down here, and it didn't work, apparently. Didn't work. (laughs) It didn't work, You
2: can't escape the global warming, Stu. You just can't escape it. Too much warming down here. Too much warming (laughs) hitting us. It's interesting. Biden
0: did this uh, town hall uh, yesterday. Do we have any idea what his opinion is on the the whole extreme weather event?
2: No, I mean, I I looked at the transcript real quick on that CNN thing and he didn't they didn't mention it at all. Uh, Hmm. So I was kind of wondering why in the world would you not mention this? How how would Anderson Cooper not ask about it? How would it not come up? You would think a town hall. You might want to talk about the fact that the country is blanketed in 70 percent of (laughs) snow. Um, and the Texas is going through this extreme stuff. I did see I think it was Politico or somebody mentioned that this that they would be smart, you know, to use this as an opportunity, of course, uh, to enact some climate measures, you know. Use this crisis, so to speak. Yeah, never let the crisis go to waste is always a, a big uh, situation. Um,
0: by the way, uh, I, we should uh, keep uh, the viewers up to date here. Uh, Dan Andros, who uh, has boycotted the NFL, first started as a lifelong Washington Redskins fan. Then yeah. the Washington Redskins team evaporated and no longer exists. Uh, Deleted, so, yeah. So you boycotted the league for a year. However, you have a big announcement today. Uh,
2: yes, indeed, Um I will say, first of all, my boycott. It, it ended up being about a ninety five percent boycott. I did end up watching a couple games, but I did. I really didn't watch pretty much any of it. I, once I found out they were being a little less social justicey, I I kind of crept back in, but I really yeah. didn't watch much. But anyway, uh, the Eagles traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. And so for me being I I live in the Philadelphia area, I have to listen to their talk radio hosts when I want to listen to sports. And it's insufferable because they're (laughs) they're insane. Uh, But they were just so horrible to Wentz, just merciless on on the guy. And so I'm just and I like him. I mean, obviously, we've covered him as a Christian and different things of faith that he's talked about. So I kind of like him. So uh, I'm like, you know what? If he gets traded, if it's a team I kind of like or I'm indifferent to, I'm I'm adopting that team. And I like the Colts. So there we go. I got a new team. Dan Andros, Indianapolis Colts fan. Uh, It's
0: happening right in front of your eyes. Uh, I will say what a complete and utter catastrophe. For the Eagles, uh, you know, here's a yeah. guy who is the MVP of the league, uh, rightfully should have been named the MVP, even though he missed a few games in 2017. He improves uh, many of by many measures in 2018, but plays you know very well again. They make the playoffs. 2019, he single handedly wills them into the playoffs by four straight wins at the end of the year with practice squad players all over the roster. And, uh, you know, I watched this Amazon series all or nothing. It's this incredible, like telling of this season that was filled with injuries. Yeah. And I mean, it was inspiring and Wentz was so great. And, uh, you know, Every people, every person in the you know, Philly uh, media is saying, oh, the Foles versus Wentz debate is over. I mean, here it is One, 12 games later, the guy is sent out of town for a second and third round draft pick. I, I mean, it's just in, incomprehensible how bad this was handled.
2: It's so bad. First of all, them drafting you know, a, a somewhat talented quarterback was just a head scratcher. Jalen Hurts and in the you, second round. You already round, have yeah. a franchise you already have a franchise guy. Like, why not just build around him? Um, so that was a a curious pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, then he's just getting absolutely pummeled all season long. And, you know, he didn't play great. Uh, but then they they just turn on him. And that's what, that's what Philly does so quickly. They turn on people. And what was really fascinating to me, Stu, this is sort of an indictment on the media. And we normally see it in politics. But I'm watching this unfold. And all these narratives surrounding Carson Wentz were built out of thin air. You'd get like one anonymous quote in a, in an article and saying, wow, geez, I don't know if Carson Wentz listened to the coaches that much. Uh, not so, you know, no person going on record saying that, no one else backing it up saying, yeah, that's a problem. And then the narrative just emerges, wow, he's uncoachable. And they just treat it like it's fact. It is unbelievable to watch. And there were about three or four things, uh, you know, kind of attacking Carson Wentz's character. And maybe they're true, I don't know, but that's not enough evidence to sit there and make that declaration. And so uh, they ran him out of town, as Philly has done with lots of people like Charles Barkley and uh, and a few others. So uh, Many others uh, um, throughout the years.
0: You know, I, I, it's yeah. funny because I think, you know, it, the 2017 season, the Super Bowl season, was it, a, a lot of the surrounding talk about that team was how driven by faith they were. Um, they were. Yeah. It was a big story as as part of that entire team season, and of course, you know, it was my favorite just sports story basically of all time. Um, and you know, it's. it's to see that degrade so quickly, a lot of backstabbing going on. Um, it really is fascinating, um, uh, and, and I do think at the end of the day, Wentz basically forces his way out. He's as sick of it as you are, <laughs> you know. Yeah. As, and he forces his way out, and also forces the Eagles into taking probably a worse package. There's been some reporting that has just, you know, uh, has disagreed with that. But really, saying I want to go play with this team, I'm not going to go play for the Bears. So they really don't get all that much for him. I mean, really a fascinating thing, and. And let me run this conspiracy uh, theory by you here, um, just because just we have to we have to fuse the world of sports that we're talking about. And, of course, the world of politics. This is generally right. speaking a political show. He, he, lots of talk, backstabbing talk kind of from behind the back about uh, from, from behind Wentz's back to the media, really been constant for the past couple of years. Here's a guy who is very f- forward with his faith. Here's a guy who's also the only the only other real thing we know about him is he's really forward about hunting. Right. He's a guy who's out, he's constantly posting hunting photos and everything comes from a deep red state. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to you have to wonder whether all these comments coming out, you know, the media turns on him so quickly. You have to wonder if they just kind of know that he's a conservative, a red stater and uh, they don't like it. And he's been kind of trashed and thrown through the mud for a long time because of it.
2: I mean, it's certainly possible. I mean, he did try earlier in the year, he was talking about um, these social justice initiatives and how he was listening to teammates and learning things and how he grew up in North Dakota, which wasn't very diverse. So, um, you know, so uh, there is that. So, I mean, maybe, you know again as with the woke culture it's it's never enough so him indicating he cared maybe it wasn't enough and they still decided to give him the boot
0: i will say uh, your comment on uh, north dakota is inaccurate there are now 3 african americans who live in north oh. dakota so it's okay. quite a diverse, actually, that's half the quite population. Uh, yeah. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, going to say three <laughs> of six is pretty diverse. Is pretty, so. be, um, let's move over to uh, while we're talking about. I mean, Rush Limbaugh had his own controversy with the NFL, multiple controversies, tried to buy a team, yeah. was rejected, thrown off of Monday Night Football uh, for uh, what w- ridiculous uh, controversy back in the day about a Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. Uh, coincidentally, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Rush Limbaugh passes away. I mean, this is a huge hole uh, left in the conservative movement. Uh, what does this mean?
2: Yeah, it is a big deal. I mean, pretty much any talking head today, and I would say that even talking heads on TV, in some respects, owe their careers uh, in part to Rush Limbaugh. I mean, I don't think um, unless I'm missing up my timeline here, I don't know that punditry was to the level that Rush took it to. I don't, I don't know that sure. you could make it a career very easily. Um, it was sort of something that, that he invented uh, and he single handedly saved the medium of talk radio and um and so you know he articulated conservative views in a way uh that no one else had done before uh, and he did it very just brilliantly to be honest and so uh, and he continued to do it and he and he continued to do it well uh up until just a f- you know a few weeks before his death so um yeah, a big hole because now conservatives uh really need that voice because. The left is really codifying their language. I keep saying they're pulling like a pro-choice in about four other different areas. Social justice now is becoming a super accepted phrase. Um, Just to name one, you know, critical race theory, all all of these things Mm -hmm. that they are doing language-wise are becoming embedded in society. Well, you know, it's funny going back to,
0: I mean, if, if, if uh, you haven't seen Dan on the show before, you may, if you've been a fan of The Blaze for a while, uh, you know, you probably remember him from past years. He worked, of course, here uh, at The Blaze for many years uh, and, and and goes really goes back to the founding of the Glenbeck Beck radio program, uh, where yeah. <laughs> if you remember, of course, we went to uh, the EIV studios, Uh, did a, I don't know what that even was an early
2: sort of, it was the weekend, Uh, clear channel had a show called the weekend where they basically tried out hosts, uh, from around the country. Uh, to see how they would do and glenn got an audition on that and you and i went to help produce that show yeah and we did it in the in russia's studios behind
0: the golden <laughs> microphone we have a bunch of idiotic pictures of us looking way too happy uh to be in there i mean this is a this is a big moment. Moment.
2: it was a fantastic moment
0: and i remember too there being uh, rush you know it, think about the difference in internet security in, from from one era to to to, to many before Rush like left his studio with other hosts coming in with just like his email up uh, in, yeah. in, in, in big letters, his his email address, his private email address at the time, kind of at the top of the screen, which it was impossible
2: not to notice as you walked in the studio. Uh, you. Yeah, you. You noticed. Yeah, well, I think I think for me, I think I saw that there was a paper because we were working on the desk and I'm moving the paper and it was just an email printed out. And, it, and you just I couldn't help but notice it. You know, I right. just saw that. So it was ingrained in my mind. And then uh, a couple years later after that, Stu, uh, we're working down in Tampa at the 970 WFLA down there. And, I, and I, something was going on with Rush and there was all this pressure. Hey, like, let's try to get Rush on the show. Let's try to get Rush on the show. And, I, and it just clicked in me that, oh yeah, I, I know his email address. Maybe I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm 23 years old or something at this point, You know, just a young producer trying to, trying to hustle. And so I sent him an email and uh, think nothing of it, and then come back the next morning, and I've got an email in my inbox from Rush Limbaugh, and it says, it says, Dan, I am not aware of who you are. Now, you've got to read the, you've got to read the email in the Rush voice, so like, that's just how it's coming through in my brain. Yeah. It's like, Dan, I am not aware of who you are. Nevertheless, this is simply not the way to achieve your goal. Think about it, Rush. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, like, too, this did not this is not the end of this story. No, uh, because you you heard from uh, from some others at the station as well.
2: Well, yeah, I get that email. I read the email. And then a few minutes later, uh, the program director, Sue Tricus and the general manager of that cluster <laughs> of stations, uh, Dave Reinhardt, a super nice guy. Yeah. Uh, he comes in and they they're both sitting there. I'm like, oh, boy, this isn't good. And um, he, I remember, Dave, he just goes, all right, Dan, he's like. Good hustle. Good effort. Uh, But let's run this through the proper channels next time. All right. And then he walks out and Sue looks at me and goes. I hope you got that message. I'm like, I did. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, that was it. shows uh, just one email from a from a producer uh, has the general manager, (laughs) the program director, God knows how many people above them hustling to make sure this one (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the power. Rush a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it really is going to be a huge thing, not only just for uh, for radio generally and, uh, you know, conservative media. But I mean, the conservative movement loses its brightest star. And I, I honestly, I frankly don't know what happens next here. <laughs> Do you have any idea? I mean, I, I mean, there are certainly a lot of uh, good hosts out there, but I don't think you can ever replace Rush.
2: No, I mean, you can't replace the legend. I, I remember Glenn used to always say, like, you never want to replace the legend, you want to replace the guy replacing the legend. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Glenn, Glenn Beck career advice, always solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, you just can't replace the guy. I mean, he's a one of a kind, um, but there will be other great voices that come forward. And really, it's just because of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, the, the entire you know talk radio, the entire I think a lot of the punditry is really a credit to to his um, brilliance, really. I mean, he took something that didn't exist, and he did it. And what I love about him is that he was failing at all these places. Stu, you know this story. And he uh, he was just finally sick of it. Where'd he land in Sacramento? Yeah. And he was just mm-hmm. sick of it and just said, you know what? I'm not going to fail listening to somebody else's advice. I'm just going to do it my way and sink or swim with whatever happens. And obviously— Uh, That work. But I love that philosophy. He's just like, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to, you know, just settle for what someone else is telling me that they think is a good thing to do.
0: All right. Uh, Dan Andros, managing editor of Faithwire. Uh, Go Eagles. Apparently, go Colts as well uh, is what we're supposed to say here. Make sure to uh, subscribe to (laughs) Faithwire's YouTube uh, right now and uh, follow Dan on social media at Dan Andros. Correct? Yes, sir. All right. Make sure you do that. Back in a second. Let's say you spend a bunch of money on a home in Philadelphia and then realize you need to move immediately to Indianapolis. If you need to do that, you need to find a real estate agent you can trust in the Indianapolis area. And that's why realestateagentsitrust.com can find the best uh, agent in any area. Uh, they're all over the country. So you go to realestateagentsitrust.com, you write in, my name is Carson Wentz, and then you start searching for an agent uh, in that area. Maybe you'll find the, a, a great home uh, there and you'll be very, very happy. Uh, our heart will still be broken. But it'll be great. Uh, it'll be great to see that uh, you're doing so well. Uh, the whole point of this is basically like you move. I think this is the best use case, basically, for real estate agents, I trust dot com. A listener actually uh, emailed this to me many years ago, said, hey, you know, you guys always talk about buying and selling a home. But like, you know, if you're in a town, you might already have an agent or you might have a friend who's an agent. And, you know, I don't necessarily advise that behavior. You should probably pick somebody who's been screened at real estate agents, I But if, especially if you're moving across the country to an area you're not familiar with. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a great place to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Get more information, get all the uh, info you need there. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go, birds. Tomorrow, we have Pat Gray, Rob Eno. We also I'll take you through the story of my house disaster, uh, how it was flooded under multiple inches of water. Not pretty. Uh, also, we have an Andrew Cuomo is uh, update. Uh, make sure you uh, check that out. Before we leave, though, I want to give you this. Let's just say you're in a situation where like your washing machine isn't going to be working for, I don't know, seemingly several months because your house is underwater. Uh, you might need this. A Minnesota business is now selling self-cleaning underwear. Uh, they appeared on Shark Tank, uh, and they pitched bed sheets you don't have to wash for months, and underwear you don't have to wash for weeks. So that's always now you might think, what person is looking for that type of thing? I can understand it, and maybe in an emergency situation, I don't know if you were stranded. I, I can't really figure out a, a use case for that. I bet you it's some dumb environmental, you know, sell. Oh, you don't have to wash them for weeks and weeks and weeks. I am sorry, I want to wash them. It's not an inconvenience. It's a necessity.